I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, it feels like a long time ago, but only six weeks have passed since California's big reopening on June 15th. And here we are. Thanks to the highly contagious Delta variant of the coronavirus, case rates are surging again. Some businesses, including restaurants, are tightening rules again, requiring masks, or in some cases, proof of vaccination. It all leads to the question, how can this be happening again? And what does it mean for the future? Chronicle Health reporter Aaron Alday has been wrestling with these questions, and she's here to try to help us make sense of this new phase of the pandemic. Aaron, thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me back, Damien. Aaron, I can't believe we're sort of back in this sense of things getting worse, case rates rising. Are we moving forward or are we moving backward right now? Uh, you know, a little of both, I would say. Um, you know, this is definitely, we're definitely moving forward. I mean, there's just no no doubt that the vaccines, I think the really important message is the vaccines are doing their job, they're holding up, um, and they are, you know, they continue to be our way out of this, and things, you know, th- things will improve from here on out. Um, so that's that's a really important thing for everybody to keep at the forefront um, through this period. Um, and beyond. But, you know, there's also no doubt that we are taking a step back. You know, we completely reopened. Um, we were all ready to just like live our lives, our free lives these, this summer. And just, um, I think, you know, people had this impression that things were kind of going to go back to normal. And it felt even that way for like a few weeks there. And, you know, there's no doubt now that we're talking about putting our masks back on. I mean, that alone is a step back. We took them all off. And now we're being advised to put them back on. So that right there is is definitely a back step. So, you know, it it is sort of a frustrating kind of disheartening time for for a lot of us. Um, and that's understandable. But I think it's it is important to keep that perspective and to keep that that kind of optimism there. But I remember you were not using words like this is the end of the pandemic when we were reopening. You were not saying that. No, I definitely <laughs> I definitely knew it was not the end. I mean, you know, I think I, I talked to to Bob Wachter, who most people are familiar with now from UCSF, and you know, he was just kind of saying, like, you know, this this pandemic is just, if anything, it's known for its curveballs. That's what it does, just over and over. How how we haven't like cottoned onto that yet, and people haven't figured out that like the one thing we should anticipate is that we just don't know what's going to be around the corner, no matter how confident we feel, you know, that's, that's definitely one thing that's always at the forefront of my mind at this point is, you know, as good as things can feel. And and even though we are making progress, you kind of just never know what it's going to spin at you next. Yeah. It really makes you feel like the virus is this human thing that always has some, another trick up its sleeve. It always finds a way. Yeah. I mean, I felt that way. Like it does kind of feel like it's got this personality and it's constantly trying to like weasel out, you know, from under us and, and, it finds a way like that's but that's I mean, in a way that's kind of I mean, obviously, it's it's virus. It doesn't have a personality, but but that's kind of how it's it, viruses work. They they are meant to kind of evolve so that they can kind of keep, you know, doing their thing and infecting people. And that's that's exactly what's going on right now. All right. Let's talk about what's going on right now. What are we seeing in terms of case rates in the Bay Area and are case rates the most important measurement anymore? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, the case rates right now are basically doubling every couple of weeks or so, every week or two, um, in pretty much all parts of California, certainly around the Bay Area. Um, 
you know, and I think we're we're back at what would be the equivalent of the purple tier under the the old tier structure, which which sounds pretty dire because that was the most kind of restrictive tier under our our former um, setup, and so that's you know when we considered. Um, you know, to be really high transmission, a lot of a lot of virus out in the community. That was when people, you know, were kind of on highest alert and had to be most careful. Um, but you're right in that, you know, cases are not sort of our most important marker anymore. Um, and that's that's where the vaccines come into play. They're not they're not really what we want to be be following as sort of like our number one, you know, determination of of what's what's happening now with with this pandemic now. So what then are the best measurements? I mean, the hospitals are doing okay, right? And then the and the death rates are way down as you've written. Yeah. So at this point, so the, the main reason cases aren't so important is because, you know, as as we're noticing, um, you know, vaccinated people can still get sick. I mean, they the vaccines are really, really effective and they're effective at preventing all sorts of, you know, all levels of infection, but they're really great at preventing very serious illness and death. And that's, you know, people who are hospitalized, people who die. Um, if you're vaccinated, that's basically not going to happen. Um, but but vaccinated people can get sick. And when you get a lot of virus in the community, um, you're going to have a lot of vaccinated people test positive. And so the cases tell us that, you know, a lot of people, including those who are vaccinated, are testing positive. But, you know, if they're not getting very sick, you have to kind of start asking the question, you know, do we really want to put huge limitations on ourselves? Do we want to you know, close schools and and close restaurants and and you know go back to a lockdown because a lot of vaccinated people have a bad cold. Like that's kind of you know what we're looking at right now. And so the answer is no, you don't want to do that. And so what you what you want to pay attention to, as you pointed out, is is those hospitalizations and and the death numbers. And you know, throughout this pandemic, our kind of public health restrictions, these you know social distancing and masking and all that, has been about per protecting our healthcare structures and keeping people from being hospitalized, keeping people from dying. Um, and, you know, for now, we're sort of keeping a close eye, especially on those hospitalization numbers, to make sure that our vaccines are doing that job, are keeping our hospitals, you know, safe, um, are keeping people safe. And, you know, that's that's kind of the big, I think, question mark right now is, is so far that seems to be playing out. We're not seeing that crush on the hospitals. But, you know, the truth is that the hospitalization numbers are climbing. Um, there's no doubt about it. So I think that's, you know, that's that's sort of the uncertainty now is how high are those numbers going to get? Yeah, it's such a fascinating subject that you bring up. I mean, early in the pandemic, it felt like we were using all of these measures to bridge our way to a time when we had vaccines or to bridge our way to times when we had more room in the hospitals, right? It, it really has changed a lot, the equation. Yeah. No, I think that's really an important way of looking at it is that we were, a lot of our measures were just meant to get us through this this time when we didn't have vaccines until we were at a place where we did have vaccines and we could get basically everybody protected, you know, largely protected through through these vaccines. And so we did that. We're at we're past we're on the other side of that bridge. For the most part, we still have a lot of work to do on reaching under, you know, unvaccinated people. But, you know, for a lot of us, we we've crossed that bridge, but we're sort of still feeling our way through what things look like on the other side. We kind of we could have our best guesses. We could sort of have these projections and we could forecast what that sort of post-vaccination world would look like, how many people would get sick, how sick they would get. 
um, how big of an impact that would be on hospitals. Um, and so far, things are looking pretty good. But again, you know, Delta sort of threw us for a loop. And we're seeing, you know, even though we expected cases would climb after reopening, even among, you know, the vaccinated as well as the unvaccinated, they're climbing a lot faster than anybody had expected and hoped for. Um, and that's concerning. People are definitely really concerned about that. Um, so I think we're all sort of like, you know, crossing our fingers and really hoping for the best that, that that's, you know, the vac- vaccines hold up and that we don't see that that hospital crush that 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 we really are. In a, in a, I mean, we, we definitely are in a much better place on this side of the bridge. We just don't know exactly what that space looks like. All right. I have more questions for you, Aaron, about what's going on with this latest surge. We're going to take a quick break, though, right back on Fifth and Mission. We'll be right back. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa, joined by Chronicle Health reporter Aaron Alday, talking about this latest surge uh, with the Delta variant of the coronavirus, including in the Bay Area. Aaron, before we move on, I, I want to ask you something just to be clear. I mean, if people really got vaccinated at extremely high rates, could we just knock this thing out and move on to a completely different phase of this? Yes and no. I mean, it depends on kind of what you mean by extremely high rates. Like if if we got like pretty much literally everyone. Um, and at this point, you know, it would need to be just, you know, some, some, some experts argue it would need to be almost close to like a hundred percent of people vaccinated. Then yeah, that would definitely have a big impact. We would basically knock this virus out. Um, it's not going to disappear. Um, and that's for a few reasons. And one is because it's not, you know, the vaccines aren't 100%. So we're kind of always going to have people that will have some kind of level of infection in the community, especially as this thing just just goes on globally. Um, the other concern is, you know, there there is legitimate concern that with so much activity happening in other parts of the world that we're going to get more variants. And at some point, we could get a variant that will escape from our vaccines. Um, so that's, that's sort of out there too. And then of course there's a sense of, we don't really know exactly how long immunity lasts. So, you know, we're all kind of watching out for that too, to see if at some point we need those boosters. But, but to answer your basic question, yeah, if we vaccinated everybody, that would, that would definitely help a lot. (laughs) Well, let's talk about boosters. I mean, what, what does the future look like for shots? Do people need them now? Is it likely that people will need them in the future? What does that look like? Uh, a lot of that we're just is 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 a giant unknown. We just don't know for the most part. Um, there are some specific groups that we're getting some more clarity on. I think more and more people are agreeing that immune compromised people, um, you know, people who have had an, an organ transplant or maybe on chemotherapy or for whatever reason are immune compromised, they may need boosters soon. Um, you know, there's some, I know there's just some very, very, very early studies that it's, it's almost, almost hesitant to bring it up, but that the Johnson and Johnson vaccine doesn't hold up as well against the Delta variant, although it does seem to still be very protective against hospitalizations and deaths. So, you know, there are some very specific situations where we may need boosters sooner than later, but I think for most of us, you know, for now, the people in the initial clinical trials who got those very first rounds, like they're well out into a year of having been vaccinated and their numbers are still looking really good. So they're they're not talking about boosters for that group of people. So it's looking pretty, pretty good for the rest of us. But I think we'll have a better sense of that in the fall and winter when especially some of our, 
you know, more vulnerable kind of like older people, people who are in skilled nursing facilities, nursing homes, when they start coming up on a year post-vaccination, we might have a better idea of, of how things are looking for them. All right. Back to these breakthrough cases, Aaron. I think even though we knew that these vaccines were not 100 percent effective, it's still been really surprising for a lot of people to see breakthrough cases in people they know and their families all around the community. I mean, does it surprise you what's going on and and what what is it important to know about these cases in terms of, you know, how bad they are and, and how contagious those people then become? Yeah, I think, um, you know, even though, you know, I, I have covered this stuff a lot and I've covered vaccinations for, for years um, and I knew that there would be breakthrough. I still found myself surprised by the number of them. And like, as you pointed out, you know, I, I know a lot of people personally. I kind of figured they'd be like just super rare, like you would just sort of, you know, have to keep kind of tabs on them, but they'd be very unusual. But, you know, they're turning out to kind of pop up sort of all over the place. Um, and we hear about them a lot, you know, in the news, which gives us some bias. I think that the that you know, myself and other folks in the media are sort of writing about these and bringing them up. So they may be sort of a little bit overreported. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, there's a, a fair amount of them. I mean, I think Los Angeles County just reported that 20% of their cases in June were among fully vaccinated residents in the county. Um, but, you know, if you do the math and if you think it through, that's actually in line with what we might have expected. Um, because the the thing that's hard for people to wrap their head around, including me sometimes, is the more people who are vaccinated, the more you'll see cases among vaccinated people because they just make up a higher proportion of everyone in the community. And, you know, all of us who are fully vaccinated, you know, if we're going out and living our lives, we're not wearing masks, we're going shopping, we're going to parties, everything. Every time we go out, if there's more virus out there in the community, we're exposing ourselves to that. And at some point, you know, that virus can break through. Um, and in this case, it's, I think breakthrough is a hard thing to define. It's, you know, this Delta variant is so, one of the reasons it's so infectious is because it gives you a much higher dose of virus. So there's just a lot of virus that's like in your nose and like that you're like, you know, putting out into the world. And so there's just, the, the, the thinking is that, you know, if you get hit with a high enough dose of it, that's what's going to cause it to sort of overcome that that initial kind of vaccine immunity, um, which is just going to make you a little bit sick. But these vaccines are good. What happens is that it can maybe, the virus can maybe overcome that like real quick response that would stop you from getting infected at all. And it'll maybe show up, you know, in your nose, um, in your upper respiratory tract, you know, your throat, you'll get a sore throat, that kind of thing. But then the rest of your immunity from the vaccine kicks in um, and really just takes takes it out from there. So that's why you might end up with sort of some mild illness or even no symptoms, but you test positive, um, but you're not going to get really seriously ill from it. So I think that's that's kind of, you know, we're just getting a better sense of how these vaccines work. Um, and it's not even like a weakness in it. It's just sort of this is how they operate. Um, and And now we're seeing that play out in the real world. And you know, it's, I think, a little frustrating because everybody had it in their head. You know, we kept hearing, oh, my God, these virus, these vaccines are amazing. And they are. But that translated into I'm invincible. Like, these are so good that I'm basically now in this, like, protective cocoon and I can never have to worry about this again. And it's not it's not quite how vaccines ever really work. Again, still a big advantage to getting vaccinated, obviously. Aaron, quickly, I want to ask you about two places in the Bay Area with a couple different stories. The first is San Francisco. You've written that they actually have a case rate that was going up at at relatively 
high rates. What's going on in San Francisco? You know, I'm not sure we know exactly what's going on with San Francisco. Um, I hate, I always hate to give the, the, I don't know answer, but, um, I think we're, we're all kind of wondering about that. I mean, I would point out that it's, it's, you know, they, it's, it's higher than the other counties, but it's not like a lot higher. Um, you know, San, I think what's unusual is we're used to San Francisco being sort of the place that is, is doing better than everywhere else. Um, and for the first time or not the first time, but, but this time around it's doing just a little bit worse. And, you know, and that's sort of like, well, people want, you know, naturally wondering what's going on there. I don't think we know, but, but also I think, you know, most of the counties are, are, are basically in the same place where they're all kind of seeing, you know, the same thing going on. And there's probably just, just micro, you know, climate things going on here. It could just be even the testing, right? I mean, they may be testing. They may more. be testing more. It may be just how the unvaccinated people are clustered in San Francisco that's causing, you know, different kinds of outbreaks. Um, yeah, there could be any number of of sort of micro factors playing into that. Okay. And then in Solano County, the health officer there had some interesting comments where he said he didn't think some of the things like a mask mandate would work at this point in the pandemic. Tell me about his comment. So he's, he's Dr. Machis has been sort of an outlier in the Bay area pretty much since the start of this pandemic. And he's sort of been a little bit of, you know, thinking that it goes too far with a lot of these public health restrictions. So it's not that out of the ordinary for him to be, to be saying something like that, but, you know, he basically looks at his own County and where cases are coming from. And his point is, you know, all of the cases they're seeing now can be tied to people's private gatherings and in 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 their in his case specifically to 4th of July gatherings um and he's just you know pointing out that's uh, uh, recommending that people wear masks in indoor spaces is not going to do anything to help you know impact his his case rates in his county um so that's that's sort of his stance so because they're just not happening in those locations right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People aren't his his whole thing is people aren't getting exposed to this in a grocery store or in a restaurant or that kind of thing that it's 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 all happening in these very intimate gatherings. OK, well, Aaron, thanks again for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks again for having me, Damien. Thanks to my guest today, Chronicle Health reporter Aaron Alday, to King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. <laughs> 